Tommy must have the same family as Pastor Tommy because he did not plan this, but this week his, his sermon might as well be a series because I've went passage to passage to passage. Uh, uh, we, we preached about calming of the storm on Monday night. Last night we preached about the demonic at Gadara. Tonight we're going to look at the woman with the issue of blood. I want you to open your Bibles. Amen. Mark chapter 5, verse number 34. Reading from the New Living Translation, this is what it says. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. I'm going to say that part again. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you right now. And Lord, I pray that you would send your fire, send your anointing, send your blessing, send your, your mighty power into our hearts tonight. Lord, help us to push through. Help us move beyond the issues and the suffering in our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Tonight I'm going to talk for a few moments about pushing through. Now I got to tell you, it seems crazy. A week and a half into revival to be talking about pushing through. But the truth of the matter is, now we're coming to the place that it's becoming a struggle. Now we're coming to the place that we're tired. Now we're coming to the place that we're, we're our, our energy is. Now we're coming to the place that while we want God to move and we want God to do something, wow, we could relax and take it easy. We, 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 could, we could ease off. But the problem is, is if we don't push through, we quit before we receive our peace. Before we can get to that place that says, go in peace, your suffering is over, we stop. And we pull back. And then we get up close again and we pull back. And we go a little further and we pull back. And what we wind up doing is we wind up living with our suffering. We wind up living with our issues. Now I'm going to tell you what some people don't agree with, and that's okay with me. I'm fine if people don't agree with me. I know people that, doesn't, that think Christians have no issues. I know people that think Christians have no struggles. If you've got an issue or you've got a struggle, then you're doing something wrong. I believe that that is, according to the Greek, hogwash. That's a bunch of baloney. I wish, wish Gunner was here. That's baloney. Let me tell you something. Sometimes we face hard times. Sometimes we have issues. We have suffering sometimes. The Bible here tells us a story of a woman who was in the crowd. Now, just to give you a little background here, 
Jesus has come back from Gadara. They asked him last night at the end of our service, they asked him to, excuse me, leave their city, leave their land, not to bother them, not to hinder them. And he has left, went back to the other side of the lake, and when he got there, there was a crowd there. There was a multitude waiting for him. They did not want him out of the land. As a matter of fact, they all wanted him. And Jairus came up, and Jairus says, Listen, my daughter is about to die. Will you come to her so that she can be healed? Now, I don't know for sure, but the way I dreamt this the other night, tomorrow night we're going to talk about Jairus. Now, we'll see. God may change that, but that's how I dreamt it the other night. I don't know what we're going to talk about when we get there, but I'm thinking we may get there. But I know this. Jairus, a ruler in the synagogue, came to Christ and said, I need you to come with me. And Jesus said, okay, I'll go with you. And he begins to follow Jairus. And as he walks down the road, the Bible says the crowd gathered. And in verse number 25, it says, a woman in the crowd, a woman that was among the multitude. This woman was not a ruler. This woman was not rich that we can understand. Matter of fact, we've in a minute she lost most of her money. This woman was a part of the crowd. But let me tell you something about this woman. It says... This woman who was in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. Female issues. For 12 years. Now, let me tell you something. When you go back and read in Leviticus, and if you haven't, you need to. You go back and you read in Leviticus, you find out that this woman was unclean. There is in the crowd a woman who is unclean, which means that she was not supposed to be in the crowd. So what this scripture tells us is there is a woman in the crowd that's not supposed to be there. She doesn't belong there by law. She is not supposed to be in the crowd. It is ceremonially unclean. It is wrong for her to be there. But yet she had heard that Jesus was coming. And she knew that her issues, her situation, her suffering could only be answered by Christ. Before we get anywhere, into this sermon, you've got to understand. You can't find an answer to your issues until you begin to crowd in around Christ. We don't want to get in the crowd. We live in a day and age and in a country and in a society where we want God to bless us privately. We want a private encounter with God. We don't want to get into the crowd. 
We don't want to move into the crowd of people who may know who we are, who may know what's going on, who may know we don't belong. You know how often I hear, oh, I just want to go to church. I don't fit in. If you want to get the peace that you're looking for, if you want to get healing from your situations, you can't get that peace. You can't get that healing outside. you got to push into the crowd. Quit worrying about whether or not you fit in. Quit worrying about whether or not you belong. you got to find yourself in the crowd looking for God. I'm telling you, we talk so much about what not wanting to worry about the crowd and not this and not that. But I'm telling you, we need to get to a point that we become hungry enough for God that we want to get close to Him no matter who's around. We get into the church. Pastor Tommy tells me he's done a lot of study on church growth. He tells me that a church usually can only run about 75 to 80% of its seating capacity. Because people don't want to sit too close to each other. People don't want to get too close. I mean, it gets a little awkward when you come into church and all of a sudden you're comfortable. Not really? Why not? Because I'm sitting on your I'm sitting on your lap. We we, we, we don't want to be crowded into the church. It amazes me that I know that fact is true, yet people always talk about, oh, I wish we had a crowd in the church. But if we had a crowd in the church, a bunch of you wouldn't come. It's too crowded. It's too hot in there. Lord, I know that. I know some of you are cold tonight, but I'm burning up. And all of a sudden, we say we don't want to be in the crowd. Or we come to church, we find our spot to sit, and then at the end of service, the pastor or the evangelist gives an altar call, and we don't want to go up there. We we, we don't want to get that close. We don't want to get that close to the power. We don't want to seek Him out. We don't want to push through. God, if you want to bless me, you bless me at my seat. If you want to bless me, you bless me at my kitchen table. If you want to bless me... I'm telling you, church, somewhere we got to be willing to push through the crowd. we got to be willing. This woman, before we ever find out about her we find out that she made her ways where she wasn't supposed to be because Christ was there she made her way to a place that she wasn't even supposed to be at why because Jesus was there why did you come tonight did you come tonight because Jesus was here or did you come tonight because we're having revival did you come tonight because Jesus was here or did you come tonight because Pastor Tommy's been preaching with an alter ego this week, this last week and a half, and he's sort of weird. The, the, yeah, 
We, 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 we got we to gotta start understanding. See, the truth is, I believe a lot of us are here tonight because Jesus is here. Because if Jesus wasn't here, a lot of us would be staying home taking a nap. But I got news for you. There's a lot of Sunday mornings that we show up because it's habit. There's a lot of, and that's when we start wanting to spread out. That's when we start naming our seats. This is my seat. You sit in my seat. We start naming our parking spots. We start naming this and naming that. Why? Because we're not in the crowd to see Jesus. We're in the crowd to be seen. I got news for you. We've not even got to this woman's issue yet. And she's already done what she needed to do to find the healing. Can I let you in on a secret? Your healing is more than the hem of his garment. You can't get to the hem of his garment before you get in the crowd. You can't get to the presence of God before you go to the places that people say you don't fit in. You can't get to where God is until you move from where you were. Mm. I got to go there. I'm trying to get off this point. You can't get to where God is until you get out of where you've been crying about your problem. This woman had every right and legal obligation to stay in her house. Be depressed. I can't go out. By law, she was required. By law, she was required. Unclean! 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 Oh, Lord, have mercy. We won't even come into the house of God and admit we got a problem. And we're going to go out in the streets and say we're unclean? See, when she got into the crowd and she was already quiet, she wasn't crying out unclean. What she was saying is, I'm going to get to my victory. I'm going to get to my healing. And I don't care where I'm supposed to be. I'm more concerned about what's about to happen. Last night we talked about getting past your past and looking into your future. This woman in the crowd, she wasn't worried about 12 years of suffering. Instead, she was worried and understanding that if I can just get to the hem of his garment, it'll all be over. I'll have victory. When was the last time you walked into a house of God and thought if I could just get to an altar? It'll all be okay. When was the last time you came into a service and thought, if I can just get to the presence of God, it'll all be okay. No, we walk in and we say, presence of God, why don't you come find me? God, you know I deserve healing. But this woman said, I'll push through. I will leave my place of crying. I will leave the the chamber of my pain and get in the middle of the crowd so that I can get into his presence. She was in the crowd, the Bible says. The next thing we see says that she had an issue of blood for 12 years. And she suffered at the hands of many doctors. 
and spent all that she had had. She had suffered at the hands, verse 26, she had suffered a great deal from many doctors and over the years had spent everything she had to pay them, but she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had suffered at the hands of others for 12 years. Mm. Let me tell you something. Sometimes we suffer at the hands of others. Our issues, we always have somebody going, oh, I know how to fix that. I, 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 can, I can tell you, I can tell you how to get over that. Oh, Lord, have mercy. I live in a house with a disease. Okay, I live in a house where we where we deal daily with the disease. And can I be honest? I am sick and tired of people going. Have you tried this? You know, I heard that vinegar would take care of MS because vinegar fixes everything. Evidently. Oh, Pastor Anna, if you're watching this, I'm sorry. I've got an essential oil. That will take care of that. I, 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 we live this. If we chase down every every cure that everybody sent us a, a, a Facebook post about or a website about, we would be broke. Well, we are broke, but but that's beside the point. We would be more broke. Let me tell you something. When you have an issue. Now this lady's issue was physical. Your issue may be physical, but it may be spiritual. It may be emotional. It may be relational. It may be, it may be an attitude. It may, but I'm telling you, any issue you have, if you're not careful, you will suffer at the hands of other people. People tell you, you just need to do this. You just need to do that. You're going to find somebody that's going to say, God's got this. God's got this. Just ignore it. God's got this. That's not what God got this means. Let me tell you something. We live in a day and age where we can't solve our own problems. And they can't solve our problem. And there are people in this church, people in this church that have such high, high level of respect. I, I got such respect for Mike Rooks. I, I always call him Bible scholar. He's smarter than I, he's smarter than I ever thought about being. You know what? He can't fix my problem. You know what I found out? I'm gonna put him. I'm gonna put him on the spot here a little bit after I lifted him up. I'll bring him down. I found out the other day. I was trying to figure out if if uh, uh, Obed Edom was from was from, if Goliath was from Gath. And I was like, "It's Goliath." And he goes, he looks at me like a deer in the headlights. He's my Bible scholar. And on the spur of the moment, he went, 
I get home and find out my wife said, Tommy, all you had to do was flip over to chapter, what was it, 1 Samuel 17? He goes, 1 Samuel. said, I flipped over. You're right, he's from Gath. My wife is my soulmate. She's my partner. Man, I was going to her. I was going to Mike. <laughs> you know, sometimes we take our issues to the wrong people. We take our issues to the people that we trust and we respect. And it's not, Mike's not a bad guy. He wasn't evil because he didn't know the answer to that question on the spur of the moment. I obviously didn't know it and I was preaching the sermon. But the truth of the matter is, it shows a picture. When we have a problem, sometimes we think, oh, if I can get this to Brother Lowell. Brother Lowell's a great saint. He's a man who's, who's walked the path and done great things. He can't fix my problem. And if I try to follow everything that Brother Lowell says, now, Andy, you better shout hallelujah here. If I try to follow everything Brother Lowell says, you know what's going to happen? I'm going to get worse. And Sister Annie said, that's true. I, I, I got news for you. Our problem in the church is that we've quit going to an altar and we've started going to a pastor. We've quit going into the presence of God and we've started going to friends and family. We've quit seeking God's advice. And we've started only trusting the doctors and the lawyers and the accountants. I'm not preaching against doctors and lawyers and accountants. I got a brother-in-law that's a lawyer. And, I mean, he proves that you can be a Christian and be a lawyer. I, I find it amazing, but he... I, I got a nephew that's about to be a doctor, and I, I think he's proven you can be a Christian and be a doctor. But I got news for you. They're not going to fix your issue. Somewhere down the road. We, somewhere down the road, we've replaced anointed preaching and people who will believe on laying in hands with psychologists in the pulpit. Somewhere down the road, we decided it was more important that we had a pastor that was good at counseling rather than a pastor that was good at praying. Somewhere down the road, we decided that we needed somebody who could spout off what all the books say instead of quoting what the book says. See, we have suffered a great deal at the hands of many people. Husbands, wives, parents, pastors, teachers. And over the years, we've given everything we have. You know how many times I hear? I used to go to church. But I had a youth pastor that did this. Or I had a pastor that did this. You know what I hear around this church? Oh, I used to be involved. 
But then that pastor moved. That youth pastor left. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you something? Pastor Ryan Retzer is a good friend of mine. He's gone. He chose to leave. Sorry. I, I love Ryan. Bradley Baker, I still count him as one of my best friends. He's gone. He's gone. Brian Harris is one of my kids. I, yeah, he's almost young enough to be my kid. He he, one of my kids. He, I, I, I've poured my life into him. He's gone, folks. Pastor Anna, she's gone. She's not here anymore. Quit whining that I can't have what God has because Pastor Brian's not here. Pastor Anna's not here. Blah, blah, blah. I don't care if I'm not here. God is here. Quit suffering at the hands of people. Sometimes it's people that are manipulative. Sometimes it's us and trust somebody we see more than we can trust a we can't see. We become a, I mentioned this the other night, we become like Lot. Abraham, Abram followed God. Lot followed Abram. We got a lot of people following Abrams and not a lot of people following God. And when you're not following you don't see things right. And all of a sudden, you find yourself 12 years later, you're broke, disgusted, hurt, and dying, and you've not gotten any better. You've only gotten worse. Quit putting your life in the hands of people. Let me tell you something. Speaking as evangelist, T.L. Tough Love Sandifer. Pastor Tommy ain't your answer. Pastor Tommy not going to take care of you. Pastor Tommy doesn't have the ability to make your problem better. But I know somebody that can. In the middle of the crowd, this woman who had suffered at the hands of of many others said if I can just get to Jesus if I can just get to Jesus I don't need to get to Ann I don't need to get to Connie I don't need to get to Howard I don't even need to get to Furman if I can get to Jesus, if I can get through this crowd to where Jesus is, if if I can quit letting others keep me away from Him, the answer is not in a doctor, she says. The answer is not in a new medication, she says. The answer is not in a wonder doctor. She says, she says the answer 
Is that the hem of his garment, if I can just touch his robe, if I can just get in and grab a little piece, if I can just, just get through. You know what our problem is? We understand, we can shout, if I can just get to Jesus, but we don't know how to fight. Johnny, I want you, Corey, Chris, I want y'all to come up here. I picked on Mike a lot tonight, Michael. And Mike, I want you to stand right over here. I've been mean to you, so I'm going to make you Jesus. <laughs> I got that deer in the headlight look again. Just <laughs> That's Jesus. Now, guys, I want you to stand about right here. About right here. Stand real close. Now, you guys are watching Jesus. You're listening to him, okay? Now, Whatever you do, don't let me get through you because you're too busy paying attention. So all of a sudden, all of a sudden this woman comes up, she wants to get to Jesus. And, and the crowd. You know what we do? We come into a service and we go, I need to get to Jesus. And, and the preacher didn't pray for me tonight. All of a sudden, we want to get to Jesus. They didn't sing the right songs tonight. And we let everything in the world keep us. Because if we could just get to Jesus, we can't get there. But here's what I'm telling you. We've got to get to a place that, that we understand that we've just got to get to Jesus. I don't care what it takes. You can sit down. See, our problem is You know what our problem is? We're too concerned about whether or not we're going to bruise our knees to get our healing. Oh, come on. My knees are on fire. But my issue's healed. Why? I got to Jesus. See, our problem is we think if it's not easy, we can't push through. We think if we got to fight a little bit, then it must not be time. But I've come by to tell you, it's time that we push through the crowd. Your answer is not in a service. Your answer is in the presence of Jesus. It's touching the hem of his garment. It's getting a hold of his power. She understood. She didn't have to get his attention. As a matter of fact, you're going to find out in a minute, she didn't even want his attention. She didn't need him to stop and talk to her. You'll find out in a minute that scared her. She just needed to touch him. She just needed to touch him. Are you willing to push through 
Oh, yes, Pastor, we're really in the push through. No, you're not. Here in a few minutes, I'm going to have an altar call, and half of you are going to sit there. And you know what your lame excuse is going to be? Just don't. I can tell you already, before we ever get to an altar, the presence of God is here, and the answer to your issue, whatever it is, is here. All you got to do is get to it. All you got to do is push past the pride, push past the fear, push past the doubt. All you've got to do is understand that all of that stuff is just the crowd. All of that stuff is just the crowd. Trying to keep you out. Oh, Roberts used to say, don't give up on the brink of a miracle. Don't give up on the brink of a miracle. What happens if God's anointing for your healing shows up the night you don't come? Mm-hmm. What happens if God's anointing for the deliverance of your issue walks by five minutes after you decide you've been here long enough? See, we used to talk about tarrying. We used to talk about praying through. Praying through means you pray through till you get the victory, not you pray through until you get tired. It means that you're pushing your way through. You're fighting through. I'm trying not to be mean. But I'm sick and tired of namby-pamby Christians going to namby-pamby services and saying, I raised my hand and I sang a song. Why hasn't God blessed me? Because you haven't committed. You haven't pushed through yet. You know what we say when we don't get our answer? Well, if the pastor would preach. Well, if Pastor Tommy went and got a real evangelist instead of trying to be evangelist Tommy too, maybe we would get our answer. If if Pastor Tommy had had Bishop Tennyson or Brother Silcox show up, then maybe we'd get what we're looking for. No, they don't have what you're looking for. God's got what you're looking for. Quit letting the crowd stop you. You can only get to Jesus. She got to Jesus. And Jesus said, who touched me? Who touched me? His disciples looked at him and said, Jesus, look at this crowd. What do you mean, who touched you? He said, the anointing has flowed out of me. Give you a When you get to Jesus, he'll know you. When you get to Jesus, not only will you know you're healed. The Bible says when she touched him, 
whisper, she immediately felt the healing in her body. She had an issue of blood that bled nonstop for 12 years. It stopped that moment. She felt it. She knew it. She experienced it. But God never intended for you to receive your blessing without His attention. God never intended for you to receive what you were looking for in the night and nobody know about it. God said, when she got to me, there was virtue, there was power, and I need to bless her. I need to talk to her. I got news for you, church. Quit thinking you can hide your way through a healing. Quit thinking you can hide your way through a victory. Quit thinking you can hide your way through a deliverance. When you get to the presence of Christ, you touch the hem of his garment, he's going to turn around and say, who touched me? You know why? Because he had more to give her than her healing. See, our problem is we think we know. We think that we know what we need. That's how arrogant we are. God, if I can get the hem of your garment, I'll get this, and if I've got that, I've got all I need. Michael was younger. Michael's a very creative young man. He's gonna he, he's gonna be an entrepreneur. I, he's he's working right now on starting a business. Actually, got his brother with him. I can't even imagine that. The two of them starting a business. Best says two businesses. I only know about one of them. And 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 and, and I, I guess that for his life's over, he's gonna have several businesses. Some of them are gonna be successes, and some of them aren't. That's the way it works. But he's got that kind of creativity when he was young. Somewhere he saw a kayak. And when his mind saw that kayak, he began to think, you know, if I had a kayak, I could put wheels on it, and I could put a motor in it, and I could make it a car. If I had a kayak, I could put wings on it with rudders and flaps, put a motor to get it up to me, and I could make it a plane. If I had a kayak, I could do this and I could do And the truth was, when you think about everything he said, the kayak was the central piece. If you built off of it, you could do whatever. And for years, we used to joke with him, if I only had a kayak. If I just had a kayak. He, he gets annoyed at us now. Every time we go to a store and there's a kayak, we'll take pictures and send it. You just had a kayak. It hasn't happened yet, but one of these days, one of us is going to buy him a kayak. I told him one day, if you only had a kayak, you could get in it and have a boat. He thought that if he just had the kayak, that's all he would ever need. Our problem is, we keep saying, if I just had a kayak. But God says, why do you need a kayak when I can give you a car? What you think you need, 
may be part of what I'm going to give you, but I'm about to give you more than you asked for. What you think you're looking for, what has consumed your mind for 12 years is great, but I'm about to give you more than what you asked for. Jesus never lets us get into his presence without him getting into ours. Hear what I'm telling you? He doesn't let you get into his presence without him getting into your presence. I'm talking about a savior who says, I know you want to get to me, but let me get to you. Let me show you what a relationship is. And then Jesus says, she comes and she bows down before him. The Bible says trembling. And she confesses everything that happened to her. In front of the whole crowd, she says, I was unclean and lawfully unable to be here, but I showed up anyway. And I pushed through. And when I touched the hem of your garment, I felt the heel. And Jesus says, Jesus says, daughter, your faith has made you well. What he said, your faith has healed you. Your faith in getting to my presence has healed your body. You no longer have a bleed. Daughter, that's another good point, yeah. Daughter, my child. You belong to me. Your faith has made you well. But listen to this. He says, go in peace. Has anybody here ever been sick? Anybody here ever not been sick? Ever had a day where you wasn't sick? I know some of you had to think back. Ever had a day where you felt pretty good physically, but you had no peace spiritually? Peace and healing are two different things. Your faith has healed you. Your faith made you well. Now I'm going to tell you go in peace. When you leave here, you're not only healed, you're not only physically better, you're spiritually better. Your healing has been taken care of. Your, your physical has been taken care of. But when you leave here, there is joy unspeakable and full of glory. When you leave here, you've got victory and you've got power. And there is peace in your life. There is peace. Mm, there's no longer anguish. There's no longer fear. There's no longer doubt. There's no longer worry. There's no longer concern. There is peace. I know a lot of people that would give up physical well-being for peace. Jesus said, who touched me? Because their touch got their healing. But I want to give them peace. I want to give them spiritual healing. I want them to walk out of here with peace. Tonight, in a few moments, I'm going to have an altar call and 
Some of you are going to get physical healing, emotional healing, spiritual healing. The problem, the issue, I believe God's going to take care of it. But more than that, when you leave here, you're going to leave here in peace. Because God doesn't do something halfway. Then, he didn't stop. He could have said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Man, that's a good enough sermon to preach right there. Then he goes one step further. Your suffering is over. Mm. Y'all didn't get it, you're not shouting. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over years she had spent everything she had. She suffered with her sickness. She suffered with her finances. She suffered at the hands of other people. She suffered with identity. She suffered with with worth. She suffered with, 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 with all of these issues. And Jesus said, your physical's here. Your financial. Your suffering is over. The physical is taken care of. But when you leave here, you're not going to suffer. People aren't going to take advantage of you anymore. Your finances aren't going to suffer anymore. Your emotions aren't going to suffer anymore. You're, you're, you, you are going to live here in victory. We come to God and we think if we can get one thing out of it. God, I got a headache. You'll make this one feel better. That's good. Why not let God take the headaches? I had a lady come into my church in Wilmington, Delaware, one of the ladies in the church. This makes my wife mad every time I tell the story. Beth has suffered with migraines all of our marriage. I don't know what that means. But anyway, um, she had migraines before she met me. But this lady come in, she had a bad migraine. Come to the office said, Pastor, I need God to heal me. And I prayed for her and I said, God, take away the migraine. Heal her. Don't, don't just heal this headache. She came back to me three months later. The lady had a migraine every, every four to six days. She would be down with the migraine. She came to me three months later. She said, since the day we prayed, God has taken Headaches. Not just one headache. They were gone. Which Beth said, why didn't you pray for me? Take something. We need to get to a place. We understand in the presence of God, there is complete deliverance. Pastor, how can you preach that? How, how can you preach that? 
because I believe in complete deliverance. I know, I know that in our situation, I haven't seen it yet. I don't know why. I don't know why. Oh, but something hit me today. It's only been 11 years. It's only been 11 years. This woman had 12. Twelve's the coming. I believe God can beat her. He can beat the woman with the issue of blood. I don't know what it's going to take to push through. But I know one thing, it's not here yet. So it's not time to back off. It's not time to give up. You know what's going on with us in our, in our house and in, in best situation? We're still fighting through the crowd. In our life right now, it's the crowd of, of disease. It's the crowd of, of wonder. It's the crowd of, I'll say it, doubt. Man, we prayed and we prayed, God. We believe and we believe, but we got to keep pushing through. Because the worst thing in the world is if we stop. If we stop, we don't get there. Tonight is your night to push through. I don't know what your issues are. I don't know what your circumstances are. I don't know what is bothering you. I don't know if it's physical, emotional, financial, relational, spiritual, whatever those five things is I say all the time. I don't know what you're, what you're dealing with. But I know one thing to tell you. Don't stop pushing. I know one thing this church is dealing with. We want revival. And if we stop before we get it, we missed it. But if we're willing to push through, if we're willing to die through the crowd, if we're willing to push through the pain, I got news for you, my knees still hurt. Look down a while ago, see if they were bleeding. Sting a little bit. They may be rug burned in the hair. Are we willing to push through some hurt? You willing to push through somebody looking at you going, oh, that's not right. You willing to push through somebody saying, y'all having revival for two weeks, that's just crazy. That's just crazy. That's not even necessary. We go to church enough as is. We live in a day and age most churches can't have revival more than four days and we've went whatever this is, 10, 12 days. We're scheduled out almost 14 days to have revival, as is right now. Are we willing to push through? Are we going to get to the place that we're tired? God, we tried. But the crowd was too big. A crowd of doubt. A crowd of time. 
crowd of energy. They, they were too big in our face, and we, we just couldn't quite get there. We'll try again later. And every time you try again later, it takes longer. Don't give up. Don't give up. I'm going to pray. If you've got an issue today, I don't care what the issue is. You've got an issue. You've got something you're struggling with. Physical, emotional, spiritual, financial, relational. It's, it's just a struggle. You keep thinking there's got to be more. But you feel like every time you get close, something pulls you away. Tonight is your night to push through. I'm going to pray, and I want you to push through your doubt. Pursue your fatigue. Push through your pride. First, first crowd member, you've got to get past his pride. You've got to get up out of that seat, and you've got to come to the front. Oh, Pastor, you know how hard it is. I don't care. Get up and move. You may not be able to come stand right now. You might be able to later. But move. Move to, a front, move to the front row. Move to... To, to the altar, set on a step. I don't care. But push through. As I pray, I want you to push through. Push through and just start telling God what you need. Start fighting through the crowd right now. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you and I praise you for your power. I thank you and I praise you for your anointing. And Lord, right now, Lord, we push through. We push through the doubt. We push through the fear. We push through the expectations of men. Lord, we push through the crowd tonight. And Lord, we move into your presence. Lord, if we can just get to the hem of your garment, if we can just get to your presence, we know that our victory is at hand. We know that you can send the healing. You can send the deliverance. You can send the power. Lord, if I can just get to you, you can get to me. Lord, I thank you. Praise you. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Begin to pray.